Hi there, I'm Drew McKenna, and with me is my wonderful and lovely wife, Deborah. Welcome to Grafted Branches, a place where we discuss Jesus in the context of the time and place where he lived and taught, first century Israel. And I, too, want to welcome our listeners today to our continuing discussion on the Pharisees. In our last podcast, we briefly explored who the Pharisees were in the first centuries. We discovered that our current popular teaching that Pharisees were legalistic hypocrites is seriously flawed. You know, and scholars looking into the best historical resources available have found the Pharisees themselves condemned hypocrisy. Their desire was to revive religious practice and and the study of Torah, or what we call the Bible. While Jesus criticized the hypocritical practices of some Pharisees, he didn't criticize their theology. I was amazed to learn that his interpretation of Scripture was actually quite similar to theirs, which we will explore in the next few podcasts. Jesus does have a lot to say about hypocritical teachers, and none of us should ever forget that we too can all fall into that same trap. What must be remembered is a hypocrite is a person who says or instructs one thing and then does something different, and they often negate what they just taught. Perhaps we should view the criticism of Jesus in the same way. Hypocrisy is not unique to them. It's a people problem, something the church still struggles with today. Drew, where are we going in today's podcast? Well, you know me. I like to always start with a question or two. So here we go. How many of us really know what the Pharisees taught or what the emphasis of their movement was? Wow, those are great questions. And until we can answer them, we aren't really in a position to evaluate the Pharisees responsibly or even fairly. But how do we find the answers to those two very good questions? Well, serious scholars those who are looking for answers to questions like these, began looking at the literature from that time period. Their research over the past three decades has brought to light invaluable information that has enriched our knowledge of the Second Temple period, the time in which Jesus lived. This information has certainly brought our Bible studies to life. It's taken those black and white pages of our Bibles and colored them in vibrant hues and rich colors. How has this new information helped us to understand who the Pharisees are? Well, the Pharisees were undoubtedly the most popular religious party of the time. Their numbers were uh, only about 6,000 men. Many of them were lay people. And interestingly, Many rabbis were Pharisees, but most Pharisees were not rabbis. They used the same kind of logic uh, to answer questions, interpret scriptures, and weave parables, providing us with fascinating clues to Jesus' words. I was very surprised to learn that there were two main schools of the Pharisees in the first century, the school of Hillel and the school of Shammai. I would like to remind our listeners that what we're sharing with you today is only a brief look into these two schools of Pharisees. Hopefully, it will inspire you to dig into this exciting new research on your own. Both Hillel and Shammai were some of Judaism's most influential thinkers and teachers. 
The words of these and other early rabbis allow us to reconstruct and understand the conversations going on around Jesus during his lifetime. And as we've shared in all of our podcasts, the rabbis believe the Torah or Bible to be a guidebook for living, and it had to be constantly interpreted and applied to the changing circumstances of life. They wanted to extend the Bible's influence into all areas of life. As you can imagine, interpretations often inspire questions as to whether they are correct or not. I think it's important for our listeners to know having a different view or interpretation in Jewish culture is not a bad thing. To this day, lively discussions and the comparing of ideas are an important part of how truth and practical applications of God's instructions are taught. It is also why we often read Jesus was tested by Pharisees and scribes. They essentially want to know where he stood on the important topics of the day. So let's start with Hillel, better known as Hillel the Elder, and I think our listeners will be a bit surprised what they learn about this historical figure and his importance. I'd like to remind our listeners again, there really is too much information for just one podcast. We will continue to explore this topic in future podcasts to fully cover these important influences during the first century as well. So Drew, why don't you start us off with Hillel? Okay. Hillel was born in the first century BC and died in uh, probably about 10 AD. It's also about the time Jesus was a small boy growing up under his influence. Beginning in about 30 BC, Hillel became the Nasi of the Sanhedrin. While the Nasi literally means prince in his day, as well as today, by the way, it will be best understood in English as president. He was the highest authority among the Pharisees and sages of the Jerusalem Sanhedrin. As the president, he was certainly influential in his decisions. He held this office for nearly 40 years, during which time King Herod the Great completed his restoration of the temple in Jerusalem. We tend to forget the temple in Jerusalem is not just physically huge, it was the center of Jewish life, the place where God chose to dwell in the midst of his people. Just consider the influence of Hillel had being Nasi and the member of the Sanhedrin during this historic restoration of God's house. Let's cover some of the general things Hillel was known for. Okay, the first and foremost of all, is he came from a poor family and paid for his own rabbinic training. Because of this, he was a champion of the poor and lower classes and did not teach for money. Even though, like today, there weren't any formal schools or universities, it was very typical for a Talmud or disciple to pay the teacher in his own way as they learned Torah. As a teacher of Torah and Nasi, Hillel was known for being gentle. He bore insults, was lenient, wise, flexible, and compassionate as a judge. Hillel read Exodus 34, where God describes himself to Moses in this way, The Lord, the Lord, a God who is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy and faithfulness, extending kindness to the thousandth generation, forgiving iniquity, transgressions, and sin. Hillel understood abounding in mercy, or compassion, 
as meaning God judges with mercy. Therefore, Hillel taught that people should do the same, literally imitate God through judging others mercifully and with compassion. Not only did Hillel teach this, the sages expanded it further. A person must strive to be like God and imitate these attributes, calling them the 13 attributes of God's mercy. You know, a good example of Hillel's influence can be seen in Acts 5, when his great-grandson, Gamaliel, who was a Pharisee, a teacher, and very well respected, defended Peter and the apostles before the Sanhedrin and the high priest. Here's what he said. Leave them alone. If this plan is of men, it will be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. Or else you may even be found fighting against God. Drew, can you recall where Jesus instructs his followers on judging others? I sure do. Uh, And it's also probably one of the most quoted bites of Scripture from the Gospels. Surprisingly, I hear it used more by those who don't follow Jesus than those who do. Here's how we normally hear it. We hear it in the King James Version. Judge not that ye be not judged. Only occasionally, though, do people follow up with the rest of what Jesus taught. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Isn't it interesting to find out how Hillel taught something very similar. How people should judge others in the same manner as God, with mercy and compassion. However, Jesus took it one step further. He addressed the practical real-life issue. How a person judges is how they will be judged. This is why knowing the cultural context can help us fully understand Jesus' teaching. I think it's not a stretch to see the topic of judging others isn't just a contemporary idea. It was a central theme of Hillel, and as we'll find out in a future podcast, it was a controversy in the first century. If we had to summarize the teachings of Hillel, it would probably be this. He was gentle and believed people of faith needed to imitate God. He was a champion of the poor and lower classes, and it was said of him, he draws people in with two hands. You know, however, in spite of his notoriety and position of leadership in Israel, he did have his adversaries. The foremost of these was a fellow Pharisee named Shammai, whose teachings and followers were at times in stark contrast with Hillel. At this point, we should ask ourselves, who is Shammai? And why is this important for us to know? Well, Shammai was a contemporary of Hillel. He was about 30 years younger and served as the chief justice and vice president of the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem. He became the Nasi after Hillel's death and, and died himself around 30 AD. He was quite possibly may have been the Nasi in the Sanhedrin during Jesus' ministry. What's important to know about Shammai is his school and teachings tended to be strict and based more on established traditions. He tended to have a strict and firm application of tradition and Torah rather than the gentle and more flexible views of Hillel. The two schools, Hillel and Shammai, generally fell into differences and debated these topics. Holiness, the body, fasting, tithing, divorce, the Sabbath, ritual purity, 
Qualifications for Disciples, and Association with Gentiles. You know, these areas should sound really familiar to most of our listeners. They are all topics Jesus was either tested on or addressed in some way in his teachings. Knowing this allows us to reconstruct those conversations going on around Jesus during his lifetime. And this is why understanding the context of Hillel and Shammai will enrich our understanding of Jesus' teaching and application for our daily walk with him. You know, today we've just begun to address the two of the greatest teachers of the first century Israel, Hillel and Shammai. But we're out of time for this podcast. So, over the next two or three podcasts, we would like to explore some examples in Scripture of where the Pharisees and their disciples interacted, excuse me, interacted with Jesus. I think that's a great idea, and I personally look forward to it. Our listeners will be amazed to see where Jesus stood on the great debates of his day. The importance of understanding Jesus in his cultural context is it helps us to get to know his heart and then live it out in our daily lives. And who knows? Maybe we will find out some of our traditions and ideas of Jesus' teaching will become a bit a bit more refined and clearer. As always, our goal is to help our listeners know him and the heart of his teachings better. Much of the information uh, shared with you today can be found in the book, The Life and Teachings of Hillel by Yitzhak Buxbaum, and other books by authors David Biven and Brad Young. You can find links to these and other books on our website, graftedbranches.org. While you're there, please explore the various articles and resources that are published and listed on our website. Until our next podcast where we will explore the teachings of Jesus and his encounters with the disciples of Hillel and Shammai, the Pharisees. Until then, get to know him, what he taught, and then go live it. Go live it.